We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, we're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From BlueWire Studios comes Golden Goals. Stories of Soccer Legends. Narrated by fellow Blue Wire host Brandon Kelly, each Monday, two episodes will take a look at some of soccer's biggest stars and moments that define their careers. From Holland, Zatlin, Messi, Rupno, and many more. Each episode will focus on historical plays and penalties that make the sport great. So stay tuned after this episode and listen to Golden Goals. Stories of Soccer Legends wherever you get your pockets. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have the front seven. We're going to break down the roster of the Detroit Lions and answer some of the questions that we have with the front seven of that defense. All on episode 109 of the Pride Podcast. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast episode 109 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host Tyler, joined by my guy Malcolm and how you doing today? Woo! Man, this is unusual man, I'm just me and you today man. Yeah, it's just me and you up here, will not be joining us today. Um, You know, he's just not here with us today. Yeah. Uh, usually, cool. we have a, usually we have a story from Pierre. About how his days and stuff, but yeah, it's just, it's just us. Honestly, I'm not gonna even lie. I don't even know why Pierre's not here with us today. <laughs> yeah, to work. He's working. He's working. Okay. All day. all day, all day, all day. Um, but yeah, man, everything's good, man. Um, I'm a little bit worried that for the the Fourth of July weekend might be like wasted because it might rain all weekend. Tomorrow, Saturday, every day. Oh, really? No, yeah. by uh, by us, it's like. 93 degrees this 4th of July. It's been 93 degrees this whole week for us and hot as hell. I'm going to find a pool. Yeah, no, I wish I had a pool, but I do not. So, uh, 
Let's get into today's topic, though. So last week, this episode is sponsored by BetOnline AG. I forgot to mention that. But let's uh, talk about our topic for the day today. So I mentioned we did the secondary last episode where we kind of just answered some of the big questions that I had personally that kind of it seems like the fans in general just had in general about the secondary. If you go on Instagram, you go on Twitter or any other social media platform that talks about the Detroit Lions – and today we're just going to keep going down the team's list and we're going to talk about the front seven of this team now. You know, all the main questions from you guys personally listening, from me personally, that I kind of came up with and I'm going to ask Malcolm. So, so yeah, we've been talking about, we're going to go position by position. But before we do the front seven talk, let's talk about some breaking news that we saw from Adam Schefter and basically any reporter. And there's two of them, actually. There's two stories that I kind of want to cover and break down real quick. And the one we saw yesterday was that the NFL is cutting down their preseason games to two to two games this year for this year, at least for, in 2020, due to coronavirus. So week one and week four are now going to be cut out from the NFL preseason this year. And I'm hearing potentially they could cut all four preseason games, but that's not officially confirmed yet. The only ones that are officially confirmed is week one and week four are not happening anymore. And then another report came out saying by Adam Schefter as well that training camp, the roster size could be smaller due to coronavirus as well. So usually we're, you know, we're used to 90 guys in training camp. You know, obviously all those guys get to compete for about a month and, you know, they get the preseason and then all the training camp practices and all that, et cetera. But now, you know, we're looking at maybe potentially 80 to 75 players. You know, they don't have the official number of what it's going to be. But, you know, that's 10 to 15 guys potentially not getting the call anymore to at least participate in training camp. So let's start off with the first story. So I mentioned the preseason week one and week four is not going to be happening this year. So I'm going to ask you, Malcolm, what's your thoughts on that, man? It sucks for the players. You know, there's a lot of guys who rely on those preseason games to make the roster. I mean, if we didn't have this last year, you know, Mike Ford would not be on the roster because Mike Ford made the roster week four. So there's a lot of guys who make that roster the last week, preseason week four, they make the roster um, by having a big game that game. So this is going to be big. I mean, now you got to you got to ball out from day one trading camp. You got to come out and ball out. You can't you can't have off days. You know, you can't just can't have off days. You got to you want to make the team. You better come out and ball because you have a couple bad days in camp, a couple bad practices. You're going to be out, out of a J.O.B. Yeah, no, I, that was actually the, the perfect example. I was th- like thinking when I first initially saw the report was Mike Ford. And I'm like, dude, if this was last year and like Mike Ford was awful during training camp, like when I watched him in practice, like I was there lie. Like he he wasn't good. He was working with the third and fourth team. Like I'm like, dude, he's not making the team. And then it was week four when we played the Browns. I mean, he absolutely balled. I believe he was our baller of the week that you know that week because he played that well. But you know, if you told me this last year where he gets the same, you know, workload. He's probably not making the team, you know. I mean, the only way he would make the team is just from what they saw his rookie year, and they'd have to be impressed enough with that, and then just give him the spot. But from what he did personally in 2019 training camp and preseason, with the workload he would be getting this year, he would not be making the team right now. So, yeah, I know what you mean, man. And not even Mike Ford, you know, at least Mike Ford now has experience with the team, and he even had experience with the team before. This is really going to hurt guys like the undrafted guys or even the late round guys. You know, 
with less roster spots, it means less guys get to compete, obviously. So we're going to get more guys that are proven, um, who've been with the organization. And, you know, we had no OTAs this year. It was all virtual. So these undrafted guys, man, they're getting hit really badly this year. This is probably the worst year to be a late round or under undrafted guy for sure. Cause you're not getting Definitely. the true, you're not getting the true opportunity like in previous years. So man, I really feel for these guys. And some of these guys are not going to even get opportunity now. Like, you know, usually at least you get the opportunity. It's a slim shot, but you at least get a shot to prove yourself during these preseason games and all these training camp practices. But with the lowering the roster number for training camp and, Lowering the game, lowering half the games of preseason games. I mean, I, I don't see how much much opportunity how these guys get to prove themselves, you know. And there's usually that one preseason game that we like to see that teams usually like to see their starters play, and that's usually week three, obviously, where they like to see you know their starters play almost the whole first half. So that's even more or less opportunity for these guys. So this is a killer for for these guys and some of these borderline roster guys. Some position switches, kind of like Jamal Agnew. Now he has to even prove himself in the less time. So I, I feel for these guys, you know. And I think teams this year, not even just the Detroit Lions, but teams in general this year, are going to go with guys that have been proven in the past, you know, in the regular season, obviously. And maybe they'll even go out in the uh, the free agency market and go get more vets instead of these like young guys, these undrafted guys who are unproven right now because you just have such a small sample size and like, could you really trust them going to the regular season? So. I really feel for these guys, man. I mean, this sucks. Uh, you, you lost your draft already. You know, it wasn't in person. And, you know, just if you're an undrafted guy, man, it, it's it's terrible this year. And we even saw after the draft, the Lions didn't sign as many guys as usual. You know, usually there, there's a huge-ass list of undrafted guys. This year we had, I think, like maybe 10 guys. Like, it wasn't as big as the years previous. And will these guys even get the shot to even compete? And, and like, will they ever make the shot to even go to Allen Park this year besides just a virtual, you know, meeting? I don't know. It's very possible a lot of these guys won't actually. So, I I really feel for these guys, man. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough. But I mean, as a fan, I mean, does he does does the lower end players really affect the team that much? Probably not. Yeah, not as a fan. I mean, as a fan, I mean, you're still going to get your best product, your best product on the field because those the main core. It's still the vets, the guys that've been there a few years, so they they know the system. They're not gonna really be affected by this, but it's just the just just the younger guys who, you know, late round picks, undrafted, they're gonna they're gonna feel for me, and you know, as an empathy thing, is you know, you kind of feel bad for them. Yeah, I'm just kind of thinking of like years previous of like guys we probably would never even figure out if let's say coronavirus was happening, and you know, these guys are not huge impact players, they're not even on the team anymore, but like they were good at the time for you know when they were called upon. Guys like Zach Zenner, you know, guys like Dwayne Washington, you know, who knows what their opportunity would have actually been with the team uh, if this was this year, you know, we, they, we might have not even ever seen them make it to Allen Park. So I'm mm-hmm. not saying I'm not saying these guys are some huge impact players that, you know, were true game changers or anything like that. But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, they, they came in when needed sometimes, you know, they, they were productive. They made the team, obviously. And there's some even like other stories that guys that are still not on the team anymore, but guys like Jeremiah Villar a couple of years, you know, guys like Alex Barrett who had really good training camp and really good preseason games and made the team that way. Like I mentioned, you know, these guys are not the greatest impact players, but it's happened before. And a really good story I have is from 2016, Kerry Hyder. Remember Kerry Hyder? Oh, Heider? yeah, yes, 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 I do, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, big, big training camp story. Yeah, and he had a really good 2016 season. You know, had a big sack number and 
obviously got hurt after that. But, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. You know, you usually get one or two of those guys almost every year, it seems like. And we might not even have a chance to see any of these guys, you know, this year. So well, it, it's going to be interesting. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for your UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline have hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and even prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for your free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. But let's get into the topic that we have for today. You know, we're, Like I mentioned, we're going to talk about the front seven. We talked about the DBs last episode. If you guys are interested in that, go check that out. That was a really good episode. But let's talk about the most interesting position on this team or the most interesting unit, I should say, in the front seven. So I have some questions that were – I have. I have some questions from you guys, you know, from Twitter, Instagram, whatever. I was going to say, shit, I have some questions. Look at you that have goddamn roster. <laughs> you, you have some questions. So I'm just going to start off with the first one, and this is kind of a big one. Jared Davis, you know, entering year three, hasn't put it together yet for these first two years. And I'm I'm interested, you know, what are your expectations for Jared Davis in year three? Obviously, they went out and signed Jamie Collins. They drafted Jelani Tavai last year in the second round. Uh, they signed Reggie Ragland. They went out and signed Elijah Lee. So what are your expectations for now Jared Davis going into the 2020 season? I think he has to have a really big year to keep his job and just to stay in Detroit. Offseason-wise, it looked like he did everything that he needs to do. Like, if you saw, like, how he bulked up um, in the offseason – Right now, he's actually um, 245, so yeah, he bulked up. I mean, his game, the thing is that his play really depends a lot on the front four as well. I mean, the front four is not playing well. It's going to trickle down to the secondary. The linebackers aren't going to play well. So he's depending on that, that front four as well. So my main question with Jared Davis is, you know, not even with Jared Davis is, um, is the front four going to play well? Because if the front four is playing well, Jared Davis is going to play well. If the front four is playing bad, Jared Davis is going to play bad. Yeah, so I guess this question is, will Jared Davis, you think, will be an initial starter going into the 2020 season week one? Or do you yeah. think you think so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he's going to still be the starter. I mean, they, they still depend on him. Uh, they look at him as a um, as a leader on that defense. So I still see him as a starter for now. Okay, so usually, you know, the Lions obviously run usually four linebackers out there. It's usually, you know, a jack linebacker. So that's a, the pass rushing aspect. aspect. So usually, you know, maybe we could expect a guy like Julian Aquaro, maybe Austin Bryant in that spot, or even maybe even Jamie Collins. Um, Jelani Tavai should, you know, obviously be getting a lot of snaps in that defense. And then, yeah, I agree with you. I think Jared Davis should still be getting a lot of snaps and probably will be the initial starter as well, probably lined up right against uh, Jelani Tavai. So it's a huge year for him, though, man. I, I think right now the Lions more – you know, something that they value a little bit more right now is obviously extending Kenny Galladay and obviously extending Taylor Decker more than extending Jared Davis because, you know, they let him they, – they declined his fifth-year option. So, you know, Jared's going to have to do a lot for him to get a second contract with Detroit. And, you know, he, he's got to prove it, man. He's got to put it together. It's year three. You know, if it doesn't work out, 
then uh, then I, I think Detroit just cuts ties with them. You know, I, I think it's done. And sorry, this is year four for Jerry Davis, not year three. Year four. Yeah. So, you know, he's got to really put it together this year. And this is not a shabby linebacking core for the Detroit Lions. You know, they, they brought in some guys to compete. So, you know, Jared Davis, man, you know, he, he can't have these off games. You know, he can't just be whiffing tackles like in, you know, years previous. You know, he's got to put it together this year. You know, we know he has it. You know, he just, you know, it's it seems like it's just a mind game for Jared right now. And, you know, could he get through it? I don't know. He's a very big question mark for me right now. So I'm really interested to see, to see how Jared could uh, play this year. But, you know, it, it's a huge year for him. You, All right. You know, you, you know what I also saw, too, man, and. When I was looking through the rosters, I was like, man, it, it just looks a, a little different from last year as far as like the but like the way they have these guys positioned. Like um, last year, they had Austin Bryant listed as a linebacker. Yeah. I'm going through the roster this year, and it, this could be something that's just not updated or I don't know, but they have him listed as a defensive end. The same thing with Julian Okora. Yeah, I know that. They have them both listed as a defensive end. Now, that's that's – that has me thinking, are they going to use him as a jack? Is this defense switching over to a 4-3? A I, I, that's like one of my main questions on what's going on right now. Yeah, no, I I think they still have a jack, and I think that's Julian Acquar and Austin Bryant. I think, if I remember correctly, after they drafted Julian Acquar, they they said he is a linebacker. I think they said he was a linebacker. They didn't list him as a defensive end. I mean, could he play defensive end? Yeah, he probably could. You know, he could put his hands in the dirt and just rest the passer. But as of right now, I'm expecting uh, Julian Aquara and Austin Bryant to probably be the jack linebackers for this team to be the stand-up guys uh, across from Trey Flowers, obviously. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe uh, we'll see some multiple fronts. Maybe they will play some hands in the dirt a couple times or maybe even more than a couple times. We'll see. I mean, I think Austin Bryant had some snaps last year in the hands in the dirt, you know, when he when he returned from injury. Yeah, yeah, he so. did. So that's why that's why I was looking at. I was like, maybe I don't know because I know um Corey Uglin is a the, the type of defense he runs is a little bit different from Patricia's defense. Yeah, in Philly they did. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just looking like, what if they what, what happened to trying something different? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't necessarily his defense. It was obviously Jim Schwartz's yeah, defense, yeah. and he was just the DB's coach. But, you know, maybe he does take something away from Jim Schwartz's defense, and, you know, maybe they do switch it up and, you know, come more multiple. You know, if that's the case, then, then that maybe opens the door for some of these guys in the free agency. I'm going to say that for another episode, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's some of the question marks I have right now because just going through the rosters just doesn't look the same. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't remember what, you know, the team website said last year about these guys, but I do remember when they did draft Austin Bryan, they said he was a linebacker, but he was more of a defensive end at Clemson, so I don't know. I mean, he could play both, so and I think a quarter could play both as well, so yeah. I mean, I think if they wanted to do it, it shouldn't be an issue, you know. It doesn't it, look like it would be. So it shouldn't be an issue. All right, my second question for you is now, is this Lions front four better than last year's Lions front four? And obviously, <laughs> there's so much maneuvering. Like, the only, you know, main piece that's still there is Trey Flowers? Because, you know, you, yeah. got, a, you got a new Jack linebacker. Uh, obviously, Devon Kennard's out the doors. Austin Bryant didn't really play much of last year because he was on IR for half the year. Um, and then your defensive tackles are essentially all new. You know, you don't have yeah. Sean Robinson. You don't have Snacks anymore. Mike Daniels is currently not on the Lions. And... You know, you, you went out and signed Nick Williams, Danny Shelton, and uh, that, that's about it. And then you're expecting Deshaun Hand to have, 
you know, to come back. And then some of the guys you had years previous, they drafted John Penasini from Utah and they drafted uh, Jason Cornell from Ohio State. So do you think this line's front four is better than last year? Not just saying because what we saw from 2019, but like going into 2019, going from 2020. Oh, come on. That's that's going into 2019. Going into 2019, we had really, really, really high hopes for that. Yeah. You know, I did for that defensive line, so I can't. There's no way I can say this defensive line on paper, on this at this time in in, in July, is better than last year on paper in July. There's no way I can say that. But can they be better? Absolutely. They better was, be better. <laughs> they better be better. Last year was an utter disaster. I mean, injuries yeah. left and right. We probably saw Deshaun Hand for like what one game or a couple of games, Stop. and he was still hurt. He was still hurt. Austin Bryant played a couple of games, but he was still hurt. We had Mike Daniels played a, played a few games, but he was still hurt. Like I don't think we ever played a full game with with all of our defensive linemen, or at least our starters. They they didn't have one full game where the guys we expected you know to have good years they didn't play one full game together. Yeah, no, they didn't. So I mean, this year they better be better than last year's unit, than that hurt unit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I on paper I think it looked better last year, but. It obviously didn't work out. So, do I think it will be better? I think it has a very good shot to be better because I don't think it get very much worse. To be very, <laughs> to be very fair with you, so. yeah, unless another giant bulk of injuries happen, which we definitely don't want, but that's well, the only thing at, that could make it kind of worse. At that point, I think I'm just mimicking it because I don't think it could get worse. Honestly, yeah, yeah, it was bad. they couldn't stop I, the run. Yeah, they couldn't put pressure. It was just bad. Yeah, I, I think it would be more of a mimic than getting worse. Honestly, I don't think it could get worse. Maybe uh, that'd be. But, I don't want to see it worse. <laughs> but um, I like what they did. I honestly like what they did. I mean, they lost stacks, and what they do, they bring in Danny Shelton, yeah. who could fill that role very good. And if he could play that no cycle position at a above average level, I think I think he, it, it could work because next last year was awful. Yeah, it wasn't very good. It wasn't good at all. So if he could just play at above average level, maybe they do stop the run. Cause he's a big cat, and um, Nick Williams, he's a guy that just when I when I look at him, he's just like a ball of potential. Last year he had six sacks. I mean, if he come here and at least give three sacks, I'm happy. Yeah. He's, uh, if he come in and bring half of the production, I'm happy, and just get put pressure on the quarterback. When I went on the website and I'm just looking at you know who's on the roster from you know on the defensive line, and when I'm looking at Deshaun Hand. I saw that Sean Hand is now 297 pounds. Like, could he be the starting defensive tackle on our team? I mean, wh- where I have him right now is a rotational three tech with potentially Nick Williams after, obviously, you, you gave Nick Williams a decent money. So I think, especially after coming off an injury, I'm looking at him as a rotational piece that gets, you know, multiple snaps, obviously, at that three tech role and maybe even a little at the defensive end spot. Yeah, because when, because the reason why I, I, I didn't have him as starting, like, in the past, because he wasn't, like, that... He didn't fill that body. Like, he wasn't a big defensive tackle. You know, he was nowhere near you know, 300 pounds. I think he came in at 280. Um, yeah, so. Came in, like, around like 280. But now he's almost 300 pounds. And if he could just carry that speed that he has in the, in the pass rushing game, I don't know, man. We might have a really good if, – if he's able to play yeah. at, a, at a high level, that that that'll be, that'll be interesting to see, man. Yeah, I want to uh... – Take away from what you said about Danny Shelton. And we saw when the Lions actually acquired Snacks back in 2018. You know, it was halfway through the year, and we acquired Snacks. I mean, this defense was 
unreal, honestly. To, I mean, honestly, I mean, besides the pass rush, the pass rush was like whatever, but that run defense was unstoppable. I mean, remember that that stat line I had every single week? Like, yeah. you can't get through these guys. So if Danny Shelton could just play like, I want to say like 50% to 70% of what Snacks did that 2018 year, which is, you know, that's tough because he was really good. You know, that's a tough expectation. But if he could do that, then I'm, I'm I'm getting a little optimistic about this defense, honestly. If Shelton could do that, what Snacks did in 2018, or at least close to it, I'm getting a little optimistic because everyone plays well when the run is when when we're stopping the run, and then not to uh, not a shot to Romeo Cuaro or Devon Kennard, but even when the Lions had in 2018 when they had Snacks when they were stopping the run, look at the guys outside. It was Romeo Cuaro and it was Devon Kennard, and Romeo Cuaro had I believe seven and a half sacks uh, that year. So now you're adding a true pass rusher and like Julian Aquara, and now you have Trey Flowers, obviously. If Danny Shelton can eat up some of those blocks and have those guys go one-on-one, and you mentioned Nick Williams, who had a six-sack season last year, maybe these one, you know these one-on-one matchups, we can get to the quarterback. But Danny Shelton has to stop the run, and at a pretty good level. It has to be at an above average an above average level it cannot be mediocre or below average you know Danny Shelton has to do that I mean will he do it I hope I mean he had a really good year in New England but but in years previous you know he's just been meh you know whatever you know he's a, a solid nose tackle not an elite guy he had a really good year last year so we need him to repeat what he did last year for the Patriots and that same thing kind of goes with Nick Williams for what he did with the Bears if he can give us a little bit for what he did on Chicago last year then we could, you know, sort of be optimistic about this front four. But I think it's kind of a question mark right now. I, not kind of. I think it is a question mark right now. We just have to see it first before I could, you know, for sure say Danny Shelton's going to stop the run. Uh, Nick Williams is going to repeat from what he did in Chicago. Because Nick Williams before last year had zero sacks in his career. And he played six years before. So we need some, you know, we need we need to see more. We need to see more. And they need to repeat from what they did last year. But I'm telling you, if they do what they did last year, I'm optimistic about this front four. I am. But they have to do what they did last year. You're optimistic about the front four or, or the whole team in general? Because that front four well, the whole, plays well. the whole de- the, the whole defense in general. Yeah, the yeah. whole team in general. Because yeah. I like yeah. the offense. So, I mean, we'll get into that when we talk about the offense. So, yeah, I, I would be optimistic about the team. If this front four looks good, if this front four looks good, I'm optimistic about this defense because I think the DBs are really good, like we mentioned last episode. So... It really falls on these guys. It really falls on these guys, you know. And it's a huge question mark right now. So we'll just have to wait and see, man. Yeah, stopping the run and and, and getting pressure on the quarterback. And I said that's going to be the wild card in the team because, again, guys, if if it's not working, everything's going to look bad. You're going to see the same results as we saw last year if it's not working. I said my next question to you. Did you have any finished thoughts on that? No, 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 no. I'm good, man. All right. My next question is now. So we mentioned the guys they have. Did the Lions do enough to have a pass rush this year in the offseason? <laughs> You're asking me a lot of what-if questions. I don't know. I hope. To be honest, I, I really hope, man, because, I mean, Trey Flowers, before he got hurt in training camp and hurt, was pretty much banged up the whole year, he was on pace to have his best career as as a pro. He was on pace. So, I mean, is Trey Flowers going to be healthy all year? I hope. Does Julian does Julian Cora come in and ball out? Hell, I hope. I, I I really don't know. This is the defensive line. The front four is the biggest question mark to me. Now, I like what they did in the linebacking core by adding 
Jamie Collins because I think Jamie Collins is going to improve the linebacking core in general just based off his coverage skills and what he's able to do pretty much as a linebacker. You know, he can rush a passer. He can play linebacker. He can play stand-up linebacker. He can do it all, and he does it all at a pretty good level. So I think adding Jamie Collins improves, uh, you know, the, the linebacking core. But that front four, I just – it's just so many question marks. Is it going to come together? I just – I hope, man. I, I can't I, – there's, I, there's no way I can say, yeah, we're going to have a pass rush this year. I can't I can't say it. You're right. You know, like I mentioned, the only nucleus that's really still there is uh, Deshaun Hand and Trey Flowers. I mean, everything else is new. Yeah, so, I mean, I just like, – could they glue it together? Could they put it together? I mean, it's a question mark. It's a huge question mark right now. So do they have injuries? There's so many things that could go wrong, which haunt was haunted us in the past. Like last year, I mean, what haunted us bad was injuries. I mean, we had an awesome defensive line on paper. On, on talent, yeah, talent. Ones. On paper, yeah, on paper, we had a. You know, we were at one. We were comparing that, that defensive line to the 2014 defensive line in the in the yeah, offseason. No. I mean, I mean, not even just us. I mean, everyone thought like even yeah, an outside did. an outside perspective, everyone thought the strong suit of the Detroit Lions was that front four. And that was and come to it, that was the weakest, the the weak link. No, that's team. that's what held us back. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I, there's really no way to see to 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 tell if that front four is going to be able to put pressure on the quarterback. Are they going to stop the run? I mean that's best case scenario. That's what we all hope for. Yeah, I definitely agree. Are they are they gonna do it? We'll see. We'll see, man. I have that, that's like my biggest question with this team because I think if that's working well, the sky's the limit with this team. Yeah. All right. My next question to you is now: We drafted Jelani Tavai last year in the second round. What should we expect out of him this year? I think he takes a step up. A, a step. I mean, I'm hoping he does because this whole Corona thing is, you know, bring a lot of players. Um, maybe they not be able to progress um, from last year to this year. It's, it's, it's tough. But I am expecting him to to take a step, that, that next step from what he did last year. Last year as a rookie, he played solid as a rookie. Yeah. So you he know. could just come in and just play at a, a decent level. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Tavai, man, he, he's kind of – he does his job. You know, he's not a liability at, at all. You know, he just does his job. You know, he's not a superstar on the field. He's just one of those guys that just – does his job does his job you know he's there he does his job you know he, yeah i don't like really much to say about him you know he's not great in the pass rush i mean he's reminds me of a patriots linebacker yeah he's just like a typical patriots linebacker honestly yeah a, a patriots linebacker that's exactly what he reminds me of but not like jamie collins because jamie collins is like flashy you know he does a little that's, bit of everything jamie jamie collins is like different but like he yeah. could he could kind of be like a like a little bit like a high tower kind of i mean I mean, you remember like Brandon Spikes back in the day? Yeah, Brandon Spikes. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Just like yeah. a guy that just does everything. I mean, not like, everything, but like he's just there. You know, he he's there. He's not flashy, but he does the job. You know, does his job. Sounds okay. like a New England player. Player, if you ask me. That's all I ask for, honestly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I guess I'm not disappointed. From a guy we drafted back in 2016, Jalen Reeves Maven, he's fighting for a roster spot once again. And they went out and signed a guy, Elijah Lee, from the San Francisco 49ers. You know, from what you've seen, whose chances do you like better for making this team right now, assuming that both don't make the team? It's, 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 that's that's kind of tough. I, I don't see, and as much as I like um, Jalen Reeves Maven, I like him a lot. I just don't see a spot on him on his roster, a spot for him on his roster. I mean, he's he's probably the, the smallest linebacker that we have yeah. left on his team. He's the smallest linebacker, and you know Patricia doesn't really like that. But he comes in, he does his job, he he plays special teams really well. Yep. I mean, if there's an injury, he comes in and fills 
fills the spot really well. He does a good job. I like him. If, if you ask me, I think he played better than Jared Davis. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think he's is it, all right, call me out if I'm wrong. I think he's the best coverage linebacker. You know, it's not Jamie Collins right now, but like last mm-hmm. year, I think he's the best coverage last year. Linebacker. He yeah. was. He, he showed it in preseason. He was. He, I think he had what two picks in preseason, one pick in preseason last year. No, he had one. I don't think he had two. Yeah. But yeah, he had, had really, one. He had a really good camp though. Yeah, really good camp, really good preseason. He just undersized. I just don't see that that flying with Patricia. Yeah. I agree with that. I think he's a really good player, just not a great scheme fit, if that makes sense. You know, yes, I think exactly. His role with this team, honestly, is just special teams because, you know, the way he, he should be played, he's a good coverage linebacker. It's just that's not what he's used. You know, that's not what he would be used here. You know, he doesn't really get used on defense really much here. So I'm kind of on the same boat with you. I think, you know, they might value Elijah Lee a little bit more. It's just... I don't know. That should be an inter- that should be a really interesting camp battle, you know, to see who who wins that spot. I think it's going to come down to one of those two guys. All right. Yeah, yeah, me too. Should the Lions be satisfied with this front seven going to 2020? I know we've been listening to all these question marks, but should we be satisfied going into 2020 with this team or this front seven? I should say. Uh, no, because they they still have they still need another they need another defensive tackle. I know everybody wants uh, uh everybody wants Griffin. I know everybody wants Griffin. Yeah. But I think what what this team needs the most is another tackle, I agree. defensive tackle. So, I mean, the guy I'm looking at, I'm looking at a guy who was here last year and wants to be another. He wants to be the uh, a Detroit Lion again, and that's Mike Daniels. So I feel like there's a lot of unfinished business with Mike Daniels. I think he didn't get to play the way he wanted to play last year due to injuries, and I, I think he has a lot to prove, man. And I I really hope they give him a, a chance to you know finish finish it off in Detroit. So that's a, that's a guy who I think that they need to add to the roster to to kind of fill everything out. If they add another defensive tackle, I think they could be complete. So what position defensive tackle do you view? Uh, do you view more as a need as a three tech, a pass rushing defensive tackle, or another nose tackle? Probably a three tech. I probably agree. three tech. Probably three tech. We got Danny Shelton. We got um Penasini. and they also have they also still have John Atkins. So I mean I think they're I think they're okay with the nose tackle, but we definitely need another three tech. Yeah, I agree with that, man. Because right now we're talking about Nick Williams, like I mentioned, who had a really good year last year, but before that, it was almost invisible that no one knew who the hell Nick Williams was. And then Deshaun Hand, year three, you know, what is there for year three for Deshaun Hand? You know, the the ceiling is high for him. You know, he's got a really high ceiling, but you know, could he play? You know, that's always the big question. You know, your best avail your best ability is your availability, and that was not Deshaun Hand last year. He was really good his rookie year, but he wasn't available last year. So as of right now, you know, we didn't really address it in the draft. We did, we did get Jason Cornell, I guess, but not the seventh round pick. You know how much you know you can't put too much into that you know you can't put all your eggs in that basket with you know those three guys so i agree with you man i think they need to go out and get another guy to play some defense some three tech in, in, in the free agency market and i think mike daniels makes sense you know he knows patricia obviously he knows the scheme and like you mentioned you know he just couldn't stay healthy so mike daniels we we know what he is i mean we've seen him what he could do in green bay you know when healthy he, he's really good he's a really good player definitely could start Deserves a lot of snaps. I mean, he's a good player. So, and, and he's bought in. He he wants to be here. You know, <laughs> that's always been a yeah. problem with with Patricia and bringing in guys. Not enough guys want to play for Patricia. We got a guy that's confident and wants to play for Patricia, and he's he's a good player. You know, when healthy. So, 
I, I wouldn't mind bringing back Mike Daniels as another, another rotational three-tech guy to go along with the guys I just mentioned, Nick Williams and Deshaun Hand. So I think that makes a lot of sense, honestly, for the Detroit Lions and a free agent that makes a lot of sense for the Detroit Lions in general. So you know, maybe when facilities start to open up a little back slowly, um, you know, when these guys could return back to the facility, the players itself, and maybe the Lions could do a physical on him and you know, maybe they, they, they go out and sign him, you know, because – I think that's maybe the question the Lions have for Mike Daniels right now is, you know, could he stay healthy? Is his foot okay? I think they want to take a physical with him. And obviously with all coronavirus happening right now, you can't do all that stuff right now. So maybe when facilities start to open, we'll probably see a second wave of free agents, not just with the Lions, but just in the NFL in general, flying off. You know, because there's still some guys that need to be on football teams, guys like Logan Ryan, guys like Dar- uh, Darquise Denard, Drake Kirkpatrick, Everson Griffin, Marcel Darius, Marcus Golden, Mike Daniels, like, these are not scrubs. These are starting football players on a lot of teams right now. So I, I think as facilities start to open up and players could, you know, return back to the facilities and maybe we could start working out players again. I think, you know, we're going to see kind of a second wave of free agency almost, you know, not as obviously as interesting as the initial free agency class, but it's kind of a second wave of these guys that are still on sign will get signed, you know, before the season starts. And I think Mike Daniels makes a lot of sense for the Detroit Lions as well. Do you think like – do you think we have a chance to sign multiple guys? So, I mean, you look at the market right now. What are the Lions' biggest needs? It's obviously defensive line. I mean, besides that, I don't think the Lions go out and get a corner. I don't think they need, like, Logan Ryan. I mean, no. that, doesn't, that doesn't make sense. And then you look back at some of the other guys on the market, guys they were interested in last year at the deadline was Devontae Freeman. I don't think they need a running back anymore, so I don't think they need Devontae Freeman. So as far as, you know, the guys that they would sign – I think it would come from the defensive line, and honestly, the Lions' luck, the, the defensive line class is probably the stack, the most stacked right now in, in this free agency class. You know, we're talking about guys like Xavier Clowney, guys like Everson Griffin. Like I, I just mentioned most of them right now. So we're not talking about scrubs. We're talking about some, like, pretty good starters. And the Lions do have cap space, obviously. You know, they have around a little over $10 million. They still do need to invest into Kenny Gallagher and Taylor Decker, which is um, assumed to happen this offseason. So that, that'll that take us some of the chunk of the money. But I, I think that they will get one, two, maybe. I, I think they for sure get one, though. I think they need okay. to for sure get one. So, But, you know, multiple, I mean, maybe. You know, maybe there's a guy like Marcus Golden out there who could play the Jack. He had 10 sacks for the Giants. You know, do the Lions maybe are not as sold as Julian Aquara year one and Austin Bryant year two. You know, maybe they want to go out and get a veteran like Marcus Golden who played in a very similar scheme in New York. Maybe they do go and get a guy like that. I mean, it makes sense, but it's just how sold are they on Julian Aquara and Austin Bryant? Do they think they could play right away at the Jack spot? Do, do they think they could take all the snaps, you know, just them two? I mean, that's a question. And obviously, you could mix in Jamie Collins in there. So, you know, I, I would assume they're comfortable with that spot, you know, but maybe they're not. Maybe they do go out and get a guy like Marcus Golden who fits like a glove for this defense. Or this probably wouldn't happen, but Jadavion Clowney, another guy that kind no, of. No, that's fits, not going to happen. That's he, not going to happen. He fits like a glove on this defense, but I mean, he already erected a deal in Cleveland, and he doesn't want to play for Cleveland. So, if that's the case, I, I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> I don't see why he would want to come to Detroit. Nah, that I don't see. I don't see a situation that he'll want to come in Detroit. But yeah, Marcus Golden, that would be that would be good. The thing is, with um, if they do sign him, I can see why they would because you know Julian Okoro is coming off an injury in college. Yeah. So is he a hundred percent? Is he gonna be able to you know play week one? You know, that, that's a big question. If not. Damn, damn it! Go ahead and get Marcus Golden. Yeah, you know then, because he's gonna he's gonna improve that front seven. 
Yeah, and, and same thing with Austin Bryan as well, man. You know, he is super raw right now. He's super unproven. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't know what to expect from Austin Bryan. Like, I can't say comfortably that I'd be okay with Austin Bryan being our starting jack linebacker, taking up almost 100% of the snaps week one. I can't. I can't say that. You know, mm-hmm. taking a couple snaps, that's a different question. But 100% of the snaps, or at least close to 100% of the snaps, I can't be comfortable with that. So, I think Marcus Golden does make sense, but it just depends on – how they view Julian Aquara, how they view, you know, how much he could play, and same thing with Austin Bryan. So I think that's a name that we should be looking out for as well, potentially. But I think another defensive tackle, I, I think that for sure needs to happen, especially at the three-tech spot. And I think a guy you mentioned, Mike Daniels, makes a lot of sense for that team. Yeah, I All agree. Right. All right, guys, that is a wrap to episode 109 of the Pride Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed our analysis of the front seven. That was fun, man. You know, we kind of broke down that, you know, that whole team. You know, it's a lot of question marks. It could be exciting. It could be scary. You know, it's just so many question marks with that front seven right now. But I'm interested to see how it goes and see how it goes in training camp. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that's all I got for you guys. I'm out, guys. All right, guys. It's your boy Malcolm, and like Tyler said, man, there's it's just so many, so many question marks that we just can't, we can't give a, a definite answer right now. And hopefully, you know, it works out because if that works out, everything works out. So this is like the wild card of the team. I've been saying it for I don't know how many weeks. This is the wild card of the team right here. The front four, front seven has to play well. But if it does, you already know what it is, man. It's a W. I'm out. <laughs> Peace. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and is... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire.